The following program is sponsored by Fairly Spiritual on KCIS. Hey everyone, it's Dr. Doug Birch and you're listening to the Fairly Spiritual Show. You know, in America, we are notorious at treating the symptoms without dealing with the problem that causes the symptoms. Taking the heartburn medication instead of dealing with the diet that is causing the heartburn. You know, we do this with our spiritual life as well. We pray about the symptoms and ask God to remove the symptoms instead of dealing with the actual problem that is causing the symptoms. We're going to look at that today. Maybe God doesn't want to answer our prayers. He wants to change our behaviors. On today's Fairly Spiritual Show. Dr. Doug Birch, and you are listening to The Fairly Spiritual Show. So glad you could join me. Hope you had a great Halloween. In our home, we celebrate Halloween. And uh, no, we don't worship Satan. We just dress up and trick-or-treat and have fun. Uh, We did it as kids. We turned out okay. Uh, My parents raised uh, three pastors, a worship leader. Uh, Everyone loves Jesus. We're all good. Um, and uh, maybe we have a little bit of a sweet tooth. But anyway, hope you enjoyed. Uh, oh, now I just lost people, didn't I? There's some people are like, that's it. Never going to trust a thing he says. Can we, can we just agree to disagree? If you want to celebrate Harvest Party or All Hallows Day or Reformation, what, whatever. I mean, the reality is uh, it's in your heart, isn't it? Right? It's, I'm not going to convince you, am I? Uh, please don't send me a track. Just don't. Please, please don't. I, I, we just disagree. It's okay. It's, it's all right. Okay, Doug, you started off a little rocky here. Let's reel it back in. Uh, so on today's show, uh, I'm going to talk about this. Sometimes we treat the symptoms uh, instead of what's causing the symptoms. We, you know, we do that in medicine, right? Uh, in our American uh, medical system, sometimes we just give people medicine to deal with the symptoms, but not what is causing the symptoms. Uh, you know, someone keeps getting heartburn, so we're like, well, I'll give them more antacids, when maybe we need to deal with the food they're eating that's causing the heartburn or whatever is going on with their stomach. So uh, I've noticed we do that spiritually. Uh, we come to church and there's symptoms. You know, there's behaviors that we're engaging in. There's things we're focusing in on. There's stuff we're doing in life. There's things that we're valuing. And uh, it's causing symptoms in our, in our life. It's causing problems. It's causing stress. It, it causes really big problems. And so we pray. We go, we go to a small group. We go to the altar. We, uh, we go to the Word of God. We say, Lord, help me with these problems. But those problems are being caused by something deeper. They're, they're not just happening in a vacuum. They're happening based on the decisions we're making. They're happening based on what we're focusing in on in life, how we're living our lives. And so we keep asking for God to remove these problems or to remove these symptoms, but we're not dealing with the underlying cause of those problems or the underlying cause of uh, these symptoms. So we're going to talk about that on today's show. Just quickly, uh, I'm not going to give out my number today. You know, normally I give out the number for the show and ask you to text me. And usually like one or two people text, but just not going to do it today. Because, uh, you know, some of you, you say you're going to text and you never do. And so I'm just not going to do it. Uh, 
but uh, I do want to do this. I'm going to give out the website. Uh, so uh, two weeks ago, I said in the next four weeks, we need to raise um, basically $7,000 uh, in order to pay for the next year of shows. I mean, it costs more than that. But we have other donors who help, but I need to at least get from you $7,000 to be able to pay for a year's worth of shows on the radio. Uh, I just really upfront need that on top of what is already donated. And um, I said, we're going to try to do it in four weeks. And I've had $500 donated in the last two weeks, which is not 7000 So that's like in two weeks, we need 6500 donated. Doesn't remotely look like we're going to get that done. But, um, you know. If you want the show to stay on for another year, that's what we're going to need. Uh, I'm just going to, in the end, have to see how much is donated and figure out how, how many more shows we're going to do. So you can go to fairlyspiritual.org and donate to keep the show on the air. Uh, here's the way it's probably going to happen is if people just start giving. If you give $25, $50, $100, uh, that will equal uh, the number we need. If, uh, the amount of people who listen, um, if, if you just do that, uh, we can easily make that total you go to fairlyspiritual.org and donate today. That's fairlyspiritual.org. That's one way. Another way we can do that is we need someone who's wearing a black top hat, who has a monocle and a white mustache and looks like that man from the Monopoly game, you know, the rich money bags guy. And we need him to donate uh, $7,000. So those are our two options. We either need Mr. Moneybags uh, to donate or we need everyone else just to give a little. Uh, I'm assuming that it's probably not going to be Mr. Monopoly Moneybags. Uh, I don't think he exists, and if he does exist, I don't think he's a fan of the show. That might be a judgment on my part that's wrong. I just assume that that's the case. So anyway, go to fairlyspiritual.org, and you can donate today, or you can just have listened to me say that, and you made it through that portion, and you can just forget about it and listen to the show. Okay, this is what I want to talk about on today's show. Uh, I was reading in 1 Peter 4, and I'm going to read a bit of this to you, because at least you get scripture, right? And that's good. It's good to have some scripture. Uh, but as I was reading 1 Peter 4, he's talking to a congregation who's clearly experiencing some persecution. For them, uh, the end is near. He makes a, a statement that the end of all things is near. Uh, and, you know, some people could say he thought the end of everything was near, that Christ was returning. But for this congregation that he's speaking to, they're in a place of persecution where the end was near for them. And so he's talking about you're facing persecutions, trials, calamities, and basically he's saying make sure you're facing persecutions for the right reasons. Uh, you're going to face hardships. There, there's nothing in this thing where, hey, if you follow Christ, you're just going to have a prosperous life full of joy and peace and wonder. No, it's like you're going to face trauma. You're going to face persecutions. You're going to suffer. But make sure if you're suffering, you're suffering for Christ. Make sure you're sharing in the fellowship of Christ's suffering. And so the end of 1 Peter is pretty powerful in that he just, you know, I could read, you know, all of it, but I just want to focus in on this specific, uh, these specific verses because it really challenged me in that he's, he's challenging uh, the readers of the text this. Some of you are suffering, and you're suffering not because of Christ, but you're suffering because you're focusing on the wrong things. You're suffering because you're living for the wrong things. And so he reminds them, make sure if you're suffering, make sure if you're living a conflicted life, the conflict that is occurring in your life is because you're living for Christ. Make sure that you're giving your best strength for Christ. Make sure that when you're speaking, you're speaking on behalf of Christ. Make sure 
that the energy you're giving, that energy is given for Christ. Because when you give energy for Christ, you're going to face conflict. When you speak on behalf of Christ, you're going to face conflict. That when you live for Christ, it's going to be difficult. But make sure that if you face difficulties, you can say, these difficulties are a result of me following Christ. And this is just a question I would ask you up front. I have found as a pastor, and it's not just as a pastor, but I've found this also uh, in the life of people uh, that I've ministered with, that sometimes they come to me with conflicts in their life, with struggles in their lives, uh, with, with real problems in their lives. Uh, but if I were to ask them, why are you facing this conflict? Why are you facing this struggle? They could not honestly tell me that they're facing this conflict or this struggle because they've been obedient to Christ. That this conflict or this struggle is because they've been living for their own purposes, for their own desires, or they've just been living based on the craziness of this world. They've been structuring their life around the craziness of this world. And I'd like us just to stop and think about this. And if you think I'm just talking to you and judging you and I'm sitting on my high horse and saying, you know, I'm doing it all right and you're doing it all wrong, then you don't know me because this is something I have to think about. We live in a crazy world, right? We live in a world that has so many expectations of us. I've got two kids in college. I got a kid in high school, a kid in middle school. There are so many expectations and it's hard to balance our schedule and our time and our money and to try to figure out how to live just in a normal way in this abnormal society. But one of the things I've found is this society has expectations of us that are not normal. And if we just live our life based on the expectations of this society, we are going to face conflicts and trials and struggles that are going to burn us out. And we're going to drag our butts into church and just feel overwhelmed. And we're just going to be like, oh, my marriage is falling apart, and I'm struggling with my kids, and I'm struggling with life, and I'm angry with God, and I need prayer. And we might even be blaming God and saying, you know, this is, man, I'm so distant from my spouse and I'm so distant from my kids. And, and then I sit down and go, well, you know, what, what are you doing? Well, you know, we're, we're running in every direction and, and we're going and doing this. And we got, we got uh, soccer on, on Tuesday and Thursday and Wednesday night. And we got a recital here and we got practice over there. And, and we're just listening to all these things we have to do. And, and he's working extra at the job there and I'm working extra here. And we're trying to pay the mortgage on this. And we, we got to pay the car payments for this. And we're also trying to go on this vacation here. And you give me the list of all the things you're doing. And as you give me the list of all the things you're doing, I'd say, you know, the natural consequence of doing all those things would be burnout. You can't do all that. Living that way would be burnout. It's natural that you'd be burnt out. And we can pray that God somehow miraculously heals you from this burnout, that God somehow miraculously gives you a good marriage even though you have no time to spend with each other, that God somehow miraculously gives you a good connection with your kids even though there's no time to be connected with your kids because everyone's going in a different direction, doing stuff that in 20 years from now will have no value to their life. We can pray for that. Or it might have some value to their life, but it's certainly not going to help them be connected with you and connected with their other brothers and sisters. We can pray for a miraculous provision, and you know what? God does provide miraculously, or we can deal with what is causing the problem. And what is causing the problem is we are embracing a society that is tearing us apart. That maybe we have to structure our home differently, that we can't do what everyone else is doing. That we can't structure our lives like the way the rest of the world structures their lives. 
that we only do things based on we believe God has led us to do this, that we've brought it before God in prayer, and we say, we're doing this because God has led us to do this, not just because everyone else is doing it. You're going to face conflicts. You're going to face trials. We need to make sure that those trials and those conflicts are based on the leading of the Lord. Now, it's not so simple as, well, and that's why we don't do any sports, and that's why we don't do anything. I know if you're like me, we're all trying our best. We're, we're living in this in-between where we're trying to figure out ways to, to do things, but not to overdo things. Well, this isn't to make you feel judged and condemned. I mean, I, I have a kid who's in soccer, and they play year-round, and it's, it's select, and it's difficult, and we, we're constantly struggling with you know, the balance of how much he does it and what he does. And I, and we know it's part of ministry as well. And we get to connect with people who don't go to church. And it, so it, it's not all bad and all good, but we cannot just embrace everything and just say, well, that's just what it is to be in select. So we just do what everyone else does. No, we can't just do what everyone else does. We have to do things based on the leading of the Holy Spirit. And especially if our son being in select soccer is causing conflict between him and us or his relationship with God or in our marriage it's causing conflict, then we have to go to the Lord and stop just praying that God will somehow heal this broken structure and instead change the structure and say that our family is more important than trying to do what everyone else is doing. I think there's people listening right now where, where, where you're literally living a, a way of life that is not sustainable. If you're never seeing your husband, you cannot have a close marriage and not see your husband. And, and right now you're living in a house that's nice, but you don't see your husband. And for you, it would be better to live in a tiny house and see your husband. It would be better. It would be better to downsize your life to make a lot less money, to have a much smaller house, to go on a, you know, no vacations or bad vacations, have a lot less stuff, have a worse cell plan, but have time with your spouse and your kids than what you're doing right now. And you can live in this life of doing all this crazy stuff that's wearing you out where you don't see each other and you're moving in a hundred different directions and you can come to church and you can pray and ask people to heal things and to restore things, or you can deal with what is causing the conflict. We get mad at God. We're like, God, why won't you change this? And, and, and I think God would look at us sometimes and say, why won't you let me change the way you're living this life? Because that's what happens when we get in crisis mode. And we've all met people like that and other people. We don't like to look at it in our own life where they're, they're trying to just patch something up and just quickly change it when they got to change everything. It's like if things are broken between you and your kids, that might mean you need to take a new job. That might mean you need to take a whole new look at how you spend your time. If a job is destroying your health, it doesn't matter if you're getting a bunch of money with that job. If it's destroying your health, maybe you need to move in a different profession. But so often we are allowing the agenda to be set, and it's an agenda that's harming us and harming others, and then we're praying about the effects of that agenda on our life. So I was looking at this in the context of 1 Peter 4, where, where well, I'll just read this, 1 Peter 4, 7 he says, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. So in that community, so things are ending here. This is, you're in a place of trials. Like, 
we're facing persecution and death is to come. Well, even in us, this is a good way to live your life. It's like, hey, let's not just live like, oh, eventually this will take care of itself. This is important. Let's live like this matters. What's happening in our life matters. The end of all things is near. So what does he say? He has sound judgment, a sober spirit, and be prayerful. So be prayerful. This is the time to have sound judgment and to be prayerful, to only do things based on the leading of the Lord. He says, above all, keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. So, so instead of, that's, that's a sign of your attitude right now. Are you angry at everyone? You're angry at yourself? You're angry at the world? You're angry at me? Are you fervently loving others? Are you isolated in your own world and your own stuff and you're so busy doing your own stuff you can't love others? That's a sign you're not living for the agenda of God. The agenda of God is you're fervent in prayer. You're understanding that this life is about fervently loving others. He says, because love covers a multitude of sins. He says, be hospitable to one another without complaint. Are you bitter about helping people? That's a sign you're not in a good place, that you're, you're struggling. Ten, he says, as each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So here we're getting into it. He's saying, you've been given gifts, but your gifts have been given to you for the purpose of serving others. So again, many people come to me and they, they want prayer and they want... They want to be rescued and they want to be helped, but the gifts that God has given them, they're using them to serve themselves. They're using their energy, their time, and their resources so they can get a bigger house, a better car. God gave us gifts so we could serve others. And you can see your time right now. What are you using your time for? Is it to serve yourself or to serve others? What are you using money for now? To serve yourself or to serve others? What are you using your best energy for? To serve yourself or to serve others? He says we are to use the special gifts that we have to serve one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Can you say that you're using your life's energy in good stewardship to serve others? He goes on and says, whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Are you every day prayerfully saying, Lord, I want to make sure that the words I'm saying in every situation are your words, that I'm motivated by your words? Again, I, I, I find that we're we're going through the day just kind of thinking about our agendas, and then we see the fruit of our agendas, that it's not good. And we say, rescue me. But, but am I speaking your words? Am I rising up in the morning like, Lord, what words do you want me to say to the people entrusted to my care? What words do you want me to say to, to my boss? What words do you want me to say to my spouse? What words do you want me to say to my kids? What words do you want me to say to my neighbor? What words do you want me to say on social media? What words do you want me to say to my enemy, to my friends, to my foes? When I speak, let these be the word, your words. So often we're not saying God's words, and then the fruit of not saying God's words is we will face a persecution, we will face a trial, but then we want to be rescued from persecutions and trials that we face based on disobedience. Now, when you, when you say God's words, sometimes you face trials and persecutions, but at least you know that those trials and persecutions came from saying God's words. Are you facing persecutions and trials because you've been saying God's words? are your own selfish words. Whoever speaks is to do so as one who speaks the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies. So use the strength that God has supplied you with to serve others. What are you using your strength for? When you get calluses on your hand, are they for, for God? Are they for his church? Are they for yourself? Are they for your fence or your neighbor's fence? Are they for the house of God or for the, your house? Are they, are they to build your kingdom or to advance his kingdom? 
When you get tired and worn out, are you tired and worn out right now because of serving his kingdom or your kingdom? Because you're going to get worn out regardless. You're going to face trials. You're going to face persecution. That's what First Peter says. You're going to face them. But make sure that you face the right persecution for the right reasons. Make sure that when you pour out your strength, you're pouring out your strength for the kingdom of God, not for your own kingdom. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. And also, if you're doing spiritual things, not in your own strength, but in the strength of the Lord. He goes on, he says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing, as though some strange thing were happening to you. So you're going to face trials regardless. You're not, we're not doing this Christian thing so that's going to be easy. Don't be surprised that you're going to be rejected. Don't be surprised that you're going to face conflicts and persecutions. We don't go to church so we can have a better life. We gather in Christian communities so we can be a full expression of the body of Christ, so we can build one one another up, so we can serve one another, so we can be a full expression of the goodness of God on earth. But don't be surprised by these persecution, these trials. But he goes on, he says, he, he says in verse 15, make sure that none of you suffers as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or a troublesome meddler. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, he is not to be ashamed, but is to glorify God in this name. So he says, you're going to suffer, but don't suffer because of your own wrongdoing. Suffer because you have been proclaiming the goodness of God and living the goodness of God. And that's the question I have of myself and of you. Like, is your suffering based on obedience to God or on selfishness? Is your suffering based on following God or is your suffering based on I get in fights with people online and on social media? Is your suffering based on I've been surrendering all to Jesus or is your suffering based on I'm living for what this world lives for, what rusts and corrodes and fades away? I'm suffering because I have a house too big and a car payment that's too big and we're working too much and we're doing all these things for things that rust and corrode and fade away and it's causing lots of stress. Yes, I'm not saying that suffering isn't real. I'm not saying it isn't painful. But sometimes we have to look at our life and say, why am I suffering? Am I suffering because I'm laying down my life for Christ? Or am I suffering because I'm pursuing things that rust and corrode and fade away and have no eternal value? He goes on, he says, but if anyone suffers as a Christian, he is not to be ashamed, but is to glorify God in this name. Then he goes, for it is time for judgment to begin with the household of God. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it is with difficulty that the righteous is saved, what will become of the godless man and the sinner? And this is how he ends First Peter. He says, therefore, those also who suffer according to the will of God shall entrust their souls to a faithful creator in doing what is right. I know this might sound harsh, but this is what God's been speaking to me on. This is the challenge for me. He says, those who suffer according to the will of God shall entrust their souls to a faithful creator in doing what is right. Suffering 
for the will of God? And that's the question I just wanted to ask you today. And I, I know today's show is not going to trend much on social media. The podcast probably won't be listened to that much. It, it's not about what's wrong with the world, what's wrong with the church, what's wrong with other people. But it's a question I have of myself and a question I have of you. The suffering that I'm facing and the suffering that you are facing, this one might encourage you. Yeah, you might be facing suffering because it is hard to follow Christ and this world is difficult. And you can rejoice in that. You can say, you know, the suffering I'm facing is because I'm doing things for Jesus and it's tough. And you can just say, yeah, that's part of being a Christian and you can rejoice in the Lord. But are you facing suffering and hardships because you're not following God's will? I'm not saying God is punishing you. I'm just saying it's the fruit of not following God's will. When you work for things that rust and corrode and fade away, it burns you out. When you spend so much time doing other things instead of investing in what's eternal and matters, it burns you out. And if you are suffering because you're not following God's will, maybe it's time to not pray about the sufferings and to go to the foundation and to let God restructure your life. To restructure your life so that the things you do are based on God's leading, God's strength, His kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven and in your life as well. Thanks for listening. I hope you're okay. Hope you understand the heart that this came from. Love you guys. Again, we need like 6,500 to stay on for the next year and the next two weeks. It's probably not going to happen. So could you at least donate so we could be on a few more weeks? Go to fairlyspiritual.org. That's fairlyspiritual.org and donate today. Uh, God is speaking to you. His will is close. You can wrap your life in the hands of God and he will care for you. He loves you dearly. And I thank you for listening to today's show. I will see you next time. Proceeding broadcast was sponsored by Fairly Spiritual. When you write or call this program, be sure to mention you heard it on KCIS.